Hey everyone, it's just me, Danny Napoli. Welcome to the Eyes of Autism podcast. I would like to introduce the very awesome Dina Farmer. She founded a travel agency for families with individuals with autism. Air Fist Bomb, stay tuned for this awesome podcast. chatting uh, right before we started officially recording but hello again from our audience members as well we're so happy that you are here you have a unique perspective and that you can speak to multiple perspectives so a mother of a child with autism a military woman and from a military family and speaking to that as well as traveling because that is the company that you founded. So we've been really pumped about talking to you today. And Danny actually has his first question here for you. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. No problem. (laughs) So Dina, like superheroes, many people have an origin story. An origin story is a detailed story on how they came to exist. How did Lily and Magnolia come to exist? Oh, it's a little bit of a long <laughs> story. Bring it on. We like long stories. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I, um, to be transparent, I, like uh, I know you said it, Marissa, I am a military spouse and a, an Air Force veteran. And um, I started my business because it's really hard for military spouses to have um, careers, especially when you're moving from location to location. So I started my travel business Um but during the course of starting my travel business, um, I started to notice that there was some difficulty um, happening with my son, such as behaviors that uh, were unexplained by doctors and friends and other moms. And as I was exploring it more, I started finding that traveling and moving was becoming really hard for us. Um, so I decided to finally get a diagnosis for my son and then he was diagnosed with um it's so many different terminologies today but it's high functioning autism with um ADHD and ODD and once he became diagnosed I said what well if I'm struggling to find services and programs and travel and tourism operators out there that can support my family. There must be other families that are suffering or, you know, finding (laughs) the same things. So I think pretty much the day that I got the diagnosis, I decided to pivot my business and help other families that maybe are finding the same challenges in traveling. Because I really believe that travel is for everybody. It's just having the right accommodations in place makes it easier for everybody to travel. Absolutely. And so you already had a traveling business Mm -hmm. established before you switched gears specifically for families with autism. Yes. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. I was selling just Disney vacations before. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've been to Disney quite a few times, right, Dan? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Our dad um works wow. in baseball and so we go down we'll go down to the baseball winter baseball meetings or spring training sometimes. Danny's been on those trips. And so we've we've had some nice family time at, at a lot of different locations due to that. <laughs> and Dan that actually I think leads into question number two there. Why did you call your company Lily and Magnolia? 
Oh, that's a good question. So to be very, very transparent, my mom passed away. Um, gosh, what's today? It's, it's been six years since she passed away. And I wanted to kind of, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, thank you. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, it is hard. But I wanted to find like a way to um, remember her. So my mom was born in Louisiana and the state flower of Louisiana is magnolias. Um, <laughs> yeah. And my favorite flower is lily. So I decided to put my mom um, into my business. And then my favorite Disney movie is The Princess and the Frog. And of course, that's set in Louisiana. So good one. Yeah. That's one of my favorites too, actually. <laughs> yeah, so that's how it came to be. Nice. Thank you. You wanted to ask about um, her son. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. So yeah, when or like, how old was your son when you found out that he had autism, or more uh, specifically, what you were talking about? Um, when he got diagnosed? So um, my son was diagnosed with autism in November of 2019. And he was a fresh eight year old. So we've been really trying to figure out what yeah. <laughs> I like the word fresh. Yeah. <laughs> he just turned eight. He was his birthday's in October. So he's <laughs> very fresh. <laughs> yeah. Because I am actually a special educator. And it's just crazy to hear because so many kids get diagnosed at like different ages. So I was just curious as to when your son was diagnosed and how did you, yeah. How, so what were some of like the behaviors that you noticed that he was having that you noticed you needed to get him tested? Um, so I, he's been pacing since he was two and, you know, I know that other people have things like hand flapping or other kind of repetitive movements, but his has always been running back and forth nonstop. <laughs> um, and there was the big lining up thing that people kept saying, Oh, he's a boy, he'll grow out of it. Uh, and he never grew out of it. <laughs> um, and there was just really big difficulties and like, um, especially as we were getting into the school environment and asking, you know, to do things like adding and subtracting became a really big struggle. And just the the simple act of asking him to sit down at a desk and listen um, that was always something that erupted into a, a huge battle between me and him. And it would be tears on both ends. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is necessarily how, like, what's a typical experience with the child. Cause he's my first, you know? Um, and I just said, I, I hear my friends, they keep saying everything's going to get better, but I feel like there's something that's going on. And I was right. So mm-hmm. yeah. So that- best, right. <laughs> right. And was there a moment when you said, okay, maybe this is autism or did you, did you have any idea or did somebody maybe tell you where to go? How did you end up where you were? So I have a friend who also has a child with autism and she kind of politely said, maybe this, it might be this. But, you know, our children, everybody, you met one person with autism, you've only met one person with autism, right? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she just said there's behaviors that I've noticed that are similar to my child's. And I really think it would be advantageous for you to consider talking to someone. But she, you know, she can't, of course, diagnose my son. Right. Um, so she just kind of encouraged it mm-hmm. and kind of felt right. it with the repetitive pacing, you know. 
was that hard to hear? How did you react to that? Um, I wish that I could say it was hard to hear. It more felt like it was a relief to hear okay. than being I I'm a bad mom because I didn't get him, oh. you know, taken care of. Him. You know, like, you know what I mean? No, no, no. Good. Yeah, yeah, because some parents, yeah, they have a hard time hearing that, or you like know something's wrong with mm-hmm. you know, or possibly wrong, not necessarily wrong, and you. I mean, it's hard to approach or, you know, come up with what to say. Right. Right. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. So, and that leads into, let's see, I had a question <laughs> based off of that. Oh, it was, so you had said um, that there were different behaviors and something that we talked about with Kelly Elton last week um, is, those a lot of a lot of people now when they refer to behaviors it almost has a negative connotation to it and something that we were trying to do through these podcasts and conversations um is is show that these behaviors are more are really just communicators because they are ways that our children our loved ones our friends with autism, it's the way in which they are communicating. Mm-hmm. And it's just different. It's a different way to communicate. And the world needs to, as broad as that a statement this is, the world needs to understand that there's more than one way to communicate, especially with the numbers in the US and the nation or internationally, the numbers in autism growing. Yeah. Um, say. And whether or not that's we're going to be talking to someone eventually about whether or not that's just because of more awareness or if that's because of something in the environment, but why are those numbers growing? But either way, we have to be aware of the way in which the people around us are communicating. And it sounds like the way your son was communicating for a period of time may have been through the pacing. And and Danny, when, when you, when you pace, Cause that's when you, when you had said that Dina, I was like, Oh my goodness, Danny, Danny paces Danny. When, in what moments do you pace randomly kind of randomly, but how do you usually feel in those? I like to think when I pace. Yeah. And it helps you think. Yeah. Right. And even, and that's not just for people with autism too. I'm, that wasn't meant to put you on the spot, but um, even I pace sometimes when I'm really trying to like memorize something. Um, speech. Or- for like that's another great example too. Like I um I, I'm at my friend's house and she is walking while she's talking on her cell phone. So yeah, yeah. All the time. It's hard to sit right now, let's be honest. Like <laughs> I know. Well, Dan, do you want to ask another question? When was your company founded? Ah, yes. So I opened my doors in June of 2018, right after we moved to Colorado from the beautiful state of Hawaii. <laughs> oh wow! What are you in? years? So where are you right now? I'm I'm in I live in Colorado right now for okay. a little teeny bit longer, and then we are moving to Florida, and I'm <laughs> really excited. Wow. Really, traveling state. <laughs> yeah. Can you list all of the That's places awesome. that you've been? Um, for for military. Oh God, so many. Yes, so many places. I, I can tell you where I've been in the Air Force. Um, I was born in Turkey. Um, then we moved to California, Greece. After Greece was California again, then Las Vegas, Florida, Japan, Georgia, Japan. 
um, Arizona, Col- um, Hawaii, and Colorado now. Oh wow. Gosh, so many places I want to visit, right? That is crazy awesome. <laughs> yeah. Are there any places on that list you want to go? You could ask her about them. Either um, Florida or California. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, God. What do you want to know about? Yeah. <laughs> I think he actually has a question that we, we prepared bef- ahead of time. And Danny had a question to ask you about traveling. In California, I would like to visit DC Comics, Bourbon, California. <laughs> it's awesome. List some list some studio. Oh well, no, you list some studios. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So what are some studio like? There, the, you were listing a bunch of different studios. Yeah, like there's of course Warner Brothers Pictures, mm-hmm. Walt Disney Studios, Paramount Pictures. Yeah. Universal Pictures. What's the 20th Century Studios? Yeah. But I guess they got they got acquired by did by Disney. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. And what's the fifth studio? Oh, Sony Pictures. Mm-hmm. And then and- that's it. But and you've been thinking about you've been wanting to go there for a long time, whether it be Comic Con or just to visit all of those places. Either both ways, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And what's the question that you had for her about that? Um. So um. What what's what's the uh, what's the tra- what's the traveling like for all people people with autism? Oh, that's very subjective to the person traveling for sure. Do you have a sp- specific question, Dan, that you wrote like? Right there. Oh, all right. In your job, what mm-hmm. what do you do to help me get there? I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no need to apologize. Um, gosh, so there's so many different things that I do when I'm working with travel um traveling clients, and the first thing is definitely starting a conversation with knowing their needs because I don't like to generalize what I'm doing because just because I'm approaching it from my sons. Autism doesn't mean that I it will work the same for your autism, you know. Sorry, that should. Oh, that's okay. We were like, whoa, <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> um, so I will usually have a conversation first to see like what kind of needs need to be met, and then based off of that accommodation, then I'll reach out to tourism suppliers that I work with to see how we can best meet the needs. So, like for example, if you wanted to go on the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, then we could do something like arranging for a private tour if you had um like concerns about being around other people or if you needed more time with your tour, then that would be something that I would talk to them about to make sure that it's it works for you, not for <laughs> the the masses, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and then making other things because a lot of our clients have are Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just said, yeah, more individualized. Exactly. Exactly. Or finding things like my son has some food aversion. So I make sure that I talk to the hotel in advance to be like, okay, we're just going to make sure that um, you have the foods that he is willing to eat there, or those foods can be delivered um, to our hotel to make it easier. Um, and then I, there's so many, I'm so thankful. I, I know I talked to Marissa about this like a while ago, but there's so many tourism suppliers that are like, oh my gosh, there's autistic people that travel <laughs> and they're actually like making a lot more accommodations than just places like, I love beaches, but more people are opening their eyes than just beaches. There's more destinations that are saying, Hey, there's things that are needed in place like quiet rooms or there's things that are needed in place like having security on hotel room doors and um, being able to have staff that are trained um, in the hotel to handle people that 
you know, maybe they just need more time to um, check in or they need a little bit of help navigating a resort or um, gosh, list goes on and on. Um, right. Foundations are making it so, ugh, I'm so glad is it's there, happening. <laughs> is there a company that you really enjoy working with whenever, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty, but are there a couple that stand out to you that you always refer your clients to? Mm, no, <laughs> I wish yeah. I could do that. Kind of because it's based on the destination and that just really, um, it's really about where the client is going and not necessarily all tourism suppliers have a, a place or I don't know, a business in that destination. But I will say a city that I am blown away with um, is Mesa, Arizona, because the company that I got certified through as a, um, a travel advisor certified the entire city of Mesa, Arizona as an autism certified city, which means that like 80% of their businesses and hotels and food um, or restaurants, excuse me, have been, have received some kind of autism awareness training. And it's Ooh. amazing that the entire city did that. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. Now, is there, is there a, have you been feeling that there is a need for that other in other cities? Maybe not, you don't have to name specific cities, but when you have to call ahead and all of these, and you have, are there any hoops that you have found that you've just had to keep jumping through? Yeah, it just seems like when you say autism, some people kind of go, ooh, instead of saying, oh yeah, we can work with that. You know, mm -hmm. it kind of seems like there's a lot of hesitancy with it because um, I feel like people just don't know what to do with it sometimes. And that's very frustrating when mm -hmm. it's most of the accommodations are really simple and reasonable, you know? And when you, when you say accommodations, do you refer to like what you said earlier with the food mm -hmm. and then the part where you listed something in the, in the lobby? Um, oh, right. Like quiet areas in the lobby. Quiet area, yes. Mm -hmm. Quiet area in the lobby. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something I hadn't considered before. And Sarah actually works in a, um, a resource, a resource room, room yeah. that and they have to, yeah, they work in small groups and the quietness, they have to have it quiet. They're so easily distracted. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that that's good to have. And have you found that a lot of the hotels you work with have that opportunity for your clients? It's slowly changing. It's, okay. So there is a few hotels, um, especially some in Florida that I'm just like, all right, you guys are, you guys are listening and, you know, actually talking to autistic individuals that, um, you know, this is what they need based on their needs, but it can be a generalized term for most people. Um, and I feel like a lot of hotels in Florida are, are listening a lot, especially I'll just name drop them, the trade winds in St. Petersburg. I'm like, and so <laughs> you guys are doing amazing. It's really, it's really good. And then I, I want more hotels to do that because mm -hmm. theme parks seem to be jumping on board, but okay. nobody wants to go to a theme park on vacation either, you know? <laughs> and what does, and what do you mean by theme parks are jumping on board? Um, so like, there's lots of places like Disney that has a disability access service and they have things like um, you're not skipping the line, but you're waiting for 
in a virtual line. So instead of being in the physical queue, you can actually go walk around and get a return time to go on a ride. They are incorporating things like quiet areas into the Disney parks, which is fantastic, especially being a super loud theme park that yeah. they are. Um, and oh, like mm-hmm. I just sorry, I just got this email. Um, Six Flags is actually an autism certified city or center as well, which I was like, that's crazy that Six Flags, a really intense theme park, is um, yeah. Nominations are putting things. Um, for example, with Six Flags, they have um, labels on in front of their ride, so you know like what to expect and on the ride for sensory needs. Oh, yeah, that's oh, neat. that's, that's cool. and I that didn't even cross my mind. But preparing someone mm-hmm. for that experience and saying these are the sensory needs that you or the this is what's going to happen when yeah. you when get on this yeah. ride um, yeah danny how would you feel if you were to see that like hey this is how you would feel if you were to get on this would that help you or do you think sometimes you just like to wing it because i know you you kind of like a little bit of both but with rides how would you feel about that to be honest to, to make it simple and easy for me i i, I want to get on the rides because the rides are just are just almost like they're almost like I mean, I, I wouldn't mind getting on rides, mm-hmm. but to be honest, they're just to be honest, they they could be a, a little bit extremely fast and too high up, and mm-hmm. and I and I get really scared with that if that makes sense. So you're not a big ride guy, Dan? Yeah, but I I I I like to I like for example, like with um with um with 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 um like tours like Warner Brothers pictures. Mm-hmm. I like doing the tours. I like to look at, like for example, like I love um. Uh, one of these days, I would like to visit like the DC Comics booth at Warner Brothers Ooh. because because it, 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 it just it, 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 it just sounds just really awesome. And I, but I, don't get me wrong. I mean, I I, I want to and may, may, maybe in the near future I would give Riot a chance, but at the same time as of right now, they they just go way too fast, they're way high up. It's almost like it's almost it's 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 it's, it's almost it's almost like a bit too like. Not extreme, but very not extreme, but very like what's what I'm looking for? Just very like like thrilling, maybe. thrilling or overwhelming. Overwhelming. Okay, honestly, I feel the same way about rides, <laughs> but I like the idea that there's that people are looking to make accommodations, right. ones that probably take a lot of time right. to make signs that. Mm-hmm. Um, to really explain exactly what everybody is going to feel when they're on yeah, it. And I think expected. Yeah. And that's gives me some hope. Danny, remember in the first ever eyes of autism podcast, you talked about hope. Yeah. That gives me hope. Right. Yeah. And I love that. By the way, so, so, sorry for, um for, uh, for, for saying that about theme park rides. I, oh. I, I, I I I I I I I um I really I, I really like theme parks to do. Actually, in fact, um, my favorite theme park <laughs> would be um trying to think that I've heard great things about is is Universal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I want to go check that one out. Right, I I'm a big Harry Potter. Excuse me, a big Harry Potter fan. So they, I want to go. Yeah. Day of my life. Me too. Me too. <laughs> best day of my life was yeah. Going. Right. <laughs> Or one of the best days. Not, though. Like my my oldest son, he loves leisurely boat rides and like easy things at Disney. And I I dragged him on the Tower of Terror at Disney, and he was like, <laughs> I'm again, Mom. And I was like, oh man. 
Oh man, Dan, I can't imagine if we took all of our siblings and went on that ride. Oh, what ride is it the called? The Tower again? of Terror. <laughs> and then, like, I think at one point, doesn't it like drop you? Spoiler alert. The whole ride is dropping you. Period. Yeah. yeah, no, thanks. That's the one ride I refuse to go on. Danny's eyes just got so big. I refuse. That- that sounds that, that, don't mind me saying this, but it's um, that sounds that sounds like a throw up Ray Ray to have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it honestly yeah. does. Oh my god. Sensory overload. Yeah. Oh my god. We were pretty much done after that day at um Hollywood Studios. He was just like, I'm not I'm not doing anymore. And I'm like, Okay, all right, we'll go back to the pool then. <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll go back to the yeah. right. okay well I, i'd like to ask you a few questions talk so we were talking about your um, company lily and magnolia and as as we mentioned earlier you have a lot of different audiences that you can speak to also we talked about your son a bit and also um being from a military family so you were are a veteran um from the air force did mm-hmm. i say that correctly veteran from the air force <laughs> yes awesome. and first of all thank you for oh, your service thank you air fist bumps air yeah. Fist bumps. Yeah. yeah danny and saluted you, mm-hmm. oh, thank you. <laughs> and when so was your son with autism mm-hmm. how so this kind of goes along with being a military family and being a mother of a child with autism how does he react to the different changes since you do have to move around pretty often? It sounds like at least. Right. Um, he was born in the military. Um, wow. And I, I, you know, everybody is different. And he, I've mm-hmm. just been very thankful with him that he's adjusted really well. The only time that it was really, really hard was when we moved from Arizona to Hawaii. And he, for six months, asked me to go home. And I was like, we are home. Oh my, that had to be so hard. (laughs) Yeah. That was when you moved to Hawaii. And where were you right before? Arizona. Arizona. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and is that where... He was born. Mm-hmm. He was born mm-hmm. Arizona. Okay. Yes, yeah, so he spent three years in Arizona. Has never seen any other place except for a cruise ship every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, moving to this island where we're going to the beach every day, he's really confused. Like, when are we going to go home, Mom? I don't understand. And then, I don't know. There was a bridge somewhere in Hawaii that he was just like, "Okay, I guess this is home now," and he just kind of mm-hmm. let it go. But in general, he. As opposed to his typical younger brother, he's our great traveler. His oh, younger yeah. brother is like a three-year-old toddler, and he he doesn't like airplanes. He doesn't like car rides. It's just, it's just so it difficult. It's a lot harder. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But he's a really great traveler. Um, sometimes you can get a little bit weird with um, hotel. Not, I don't mean to say weird. That's not the right word. Maybe cautious with hotel rooms. Sure. Um, because it's not his space and it doesn't smell like his room does. And, you know, it doesn't have his big bright light, excuse me, night light. So mm-hmm. just, um, are, there, are there accommodations that whenever you mm-hmm. move from one place to another or when you're traveling with him that you have to have in place before he feels settled? Um, I really try hard in advance because my son is very visual to share with him where we're going. So 
Um, if he was, he, if he had come with me to Virginia, I would have shown him all the places that we would go to. Like we went to the Neptune statue in Virginia beach and we went to Bush gardens and I would have shared everything with YouTube videos, which is what I do for a lot of families, younger clients, um, younger children, so that they are not going in unprepared, you know, and that's his number one thing is I just need to see what we're doing. So it's not scary, you know, that has actually come up in every podcast that we've done so far. Granted, this is our fourth one, four and a half one, because we did one in two yeah. parts. <laughs> and But it's come up every time the visual aspect of things and preparing someone for a change in routine or just a change in general or just introducing someone to, some, to something new. Yeah. And visuals and videos have come into play to the conversation every time. Yeah. So it is extremely important to have that aspect. And, and I, and I've said it in another podcast before, but Dan, when we are learning something new, um, we will go through videos and, uh, the best case scenarios when we can actually practice something and right. apply it. So when right. Danny was going to college, which was a whole new experience being, being like, responsible to walk to your classes and things. We actually went on campus and walked around, um, walked through the entire schedule and granted a lot, like many smart college students will do that. <laughs> before yeah, I stay think I've school. done that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it was, it was good to actually meet and talk to people and see things so as to better acclimate. Is that a word? I'm an English teacher. I should yeah, know. I think so. mm -hmm. Yeah. So right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a really nice thing about like looping back to how a lot of places are embracing, um, you know, neurodiverse travelers. Um, there's uh, so many programs out there. Like it's not doing it right now because of COVID-19, but there is a program from the art called wings for autism. And, um, it sets you up to know what it's like to go to the airport so that you aren't shocked about, you know, it, it basically, I like to call it a dry run of like, you go to the airport, you drop your bags off, you go through security, you get on the plane, you get off the plane, you go pick up your bags. And it's just a really like fantastic program to really, you know, prepare you before <laughs> you fly, but actually being a part of it instead of watching a video, you know? Yeah. And is that something that you have to address with families as well Is the plane ride? Because that has a lot of sensory, I, I think of a lot of closeness, the difference in the popping ears. Is that what, how do you address that with families if they're going to be on a plane? I, so typically I, before the, <laughs> the pandemic again, I would, I would recommend the program first. Um, but I, you know, I talk about it, like making, you know, if their children can tolerate chewing gum, or um, if they are okay with drinking. And we, we have a really thorough conversation about things to expect, like as they're coming up during the trip. Mm -hmm. And then I always recommend that they work with their occupational therapist if their child has one, mm -hmm. um, really model and practice that kind of at home before they actually get onto the airplane. And then signing up for programs like like Wings for Autism or signing up for something like TSA Cares to make getting through the airport 10,000% easier. Because mm -hmm. um, that's a support program too that um, 
I don't know if you've heard of it before, but it's, you you know, you sign up for it right before you fly and it helps you like get through security without having to do things. Um, depending on the time of day, I can't guarantee everything. Oh, but, yeah. It's kind of like like you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I really liked it because I've, I travel solo with my children and they, the agents are always so quick to help me get through the line quickly. And then Help me all the way to my gate, which I thoroughly appreciate. Yeah, that is helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you've there are two other things I want to ask mm-hmm. you before we ask Danny to compare you to a superhero. So Danny, start thinking, start brainstorming a bit. I will. Yeah, and Thor, let me influence you a little bit. <laughs> what What did you say? Like, can I be like Thor? Let me influence oh. you. There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, you can. Okay, Danny. You, you brainstorm. How is she like Thor? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so think about it while I ask a couple more questions. Is that cool, bro? Okay. Cool. <laughs> so you had mentioned on a, or we had talked about on our phone call a couple weeks ago that your son, when you went to Venezuela to visit family. Oh, Turkey. Yeah. Oh, Turkey. Turkey. I apologize. You're okay. You went, Turkey, um, there were just a lot of issues that arose while you were there. Um, can you speak to that a bit and how you address those now? Right. So the flight to Turkey was really streamlined with him. Everything was normal. But getting there, um, it was just, there were things like we were still doing school, um, homeschooling at the time. So there was lots of Oh gosh, like lots of battles in regards to doing school um, that I, I think that's where it just like started screaming at me was just the nonstop crying and just um, gosh, name calling that was happening there. And I was just like, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong as a mom to make him so frustrated with me that we can't communicate together, you know, and I don't know what he needs because he's crying. And that was really that was really tough for me to try to like digest. Right. Right. Um, and I don't think you're alone in that either. I think a lot of, a lot of parents face that where it's like, geez, what am I, what am I doing? What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. What do I do in this situation? And that's why it's so important to, to have these kinds of conversations to understand that we're not alone in this and, um, families have to stick together and the autism community is really strong. I think in that way. Um, but as you were saying, mm-hmm. um, I think a couple other things that happened too was there was a distinct moment where we'd gone to the beach and um, there was just like we were in the water playing and like the waters, the waves were hitting my son. I kept asking him over and over, hey, do you want to go back to the shore? Hey, do you want to go back to the shore? But his his face was telling me he wanted to go back to the shore, but his words were not. So I was very like, I... I really think deep down inside we should go back to the store, but he kept like pulling me back to the water. Um, and I just remember like finally saying, okay, this is enough. I think we need to go back to the shore. And that whole drive back to our hotel was like gut-wrenchingly like exhausting because he just wouldn't stop crying, you know? And I was just like, I don't know how to help him. We sh- I should have listened to my gut. Like, why was I thinking this, you know? Um, and, I, you know, we finally got back to the hotel. He was just telling me, like, I really wanted to go back. And I said, I I know. I wish that we had both been able to, you know, 
find the correct words to use so that I could have reached him and then he could have reached me as well, you know, and I feel really bad about. So that sounds like, I mean, I think that's natural when, when two people communicate in different, mm -hmm. differently, it's right. hard to define exactly what the message is. And, and I think that that is something that sometimes even Dan and I face um, in our conversation, sometimes, sometimes I don't read Dan, the man correctly. And sometimes I'm not being very clear with what I'm trying to express either. And that all goes back to communication mm -hmm. and how people with autism and people without autism com communicate yeah, differently learning how to communicate. and yeah. learning how to communicate between people who communicate in different ways. And that's also a valuable skill, not just to have with people with autism, but also in the workplace, knowing right. how to communicate with people who work differently. Yeah, in general, and, there's and like a quote. In general. It's like mm -hmm. communication is key. Yeah, communication <laughs> is key. Got that alliteration yeah. in there. Yeah, it's so true. And one of my, the last things I wanted to ask you is something that I took note of when, again, when we were on the phone, you mentioned an acronym. It was I-B-C-C-E-S. I think yeah. it's an E. I'm looking at my notes. No, what, what, you're, you're what, correct. <laughs> what is that? So this is an organization um, that certifies or trains um, different places like hospitals, um, uh, tourism suppliers, travel advisors, all kinds of different places to have some kind of autism at the very basic level, autism awareness training. And then there's different levels that you can get certified in to become um, accepting or certified. So like Beaches has been certified through them and it stands for the International Board of Continuing Education. And I think it's credential, credentials and standards. Okay. Big word. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's their whole purpose and that, uh, to help get more acceptance and awareness out there, um, with training. So that's who I've been certified through and the whole city of Mesa, Arizona. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And I think that all of this, this whole conversation, um, this evening has, is really inspiring in that one, it gives, it it's given me some hope that there is opportunity out there so that when families do want to go on a vacation and relax, they, they have somebody who will help them do that in a way that is healthy for them and their, yeah, that's sweet. their that's family cool. member with, yeah. with autism and, yeah. and understanding how to help people learn how to travel before they actually do the traveling. Yeah. And, I didn't even know there was programs like that. Yeah. And it's just so good to know that 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 exists out there. So Dina, thank you for all that yeah, you do. Thank you. And, and Danny, yeah, um, it's your turn, bro. What kind of superheroes, <laughs> Dina? Well, since you're bas basically a military person, how about a, um, <laughs> how about Captain America? Ooh, I love Chris Evans. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why Captain America, Dan? Because of the military. Yeah, he was and in the, he was in the he, he was in the military project, pretty much. Yeah, and what other characteristics does he have? Very, very young and charismatic. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> young, well, charismatic. I really like that. I, I, I really appreciate that. You're making me feel so. <laughs> well, Dina, I have one more question, I think, to, to end 
our show here. Um, and this is our producer, Kyle, passed this over to me. And I, I think it'll also add a nice tone to the end of this for any listeners out there. If you are traveling and encounter a person with autism or a family dealing with a member who is struggling, um, what can you do to help or at least not make it worse? Well, that's a good question. Um, I always like to turn to the parent because the parent knows best, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially yeah. if it's a child traveling. I mean, sorry, vice versa. If it's a parent traveling with a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like that's the, you know, the person, whoever, the parent or the caregiver or whoever is traveling with the autistic individual to turn to them and say, how can I help or how can I make this easier for you? Instead of just staring or saying, because that's, we've gotten plenty of that during our travels of like, mm-hmm. just, you know, get him under control or whatever. It's like, well, he just needs this moment. So offering help in a, a like non-combative, very calm manner for me, I feel like has always been the most effective way, you know? Um, and I think that leads back to our mission statement which has the word empathy in it Mm -hmm. being empathetic with others as opposed to standing and judging and staring because we've had that too and and that's just the hardest part because it's like trying to help someone that you love um deal with an overwhelming circumstance for them and then having to turn to the people who are around you and just staring at you is uncomfortable because then it feels like you almost have to justify what you're doing, but this is shouldn't have to do that. So I appreciate what you said there. And for anyone listening, the things to take note of, right. And don't be afraid to say, what, what can I do to help? Or, and don't just stare and judge or say something. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, Dina, thank you so much for meeting with us today. And Amidst your traveling, the traveling woman who is has a company traveling and she's traveling currently. <laughs> traveling. <laughs> so thank you so much. We're so happy you. to have you. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you oh yeah, it was it's been so much fun. I really appreciate your time today. <laughs> yeah, well have a good rest of your week and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening in, especially thanks to all of those who have been following along with us during Autism Awareness Month, or as many people are calling it too, Autism Acceptance Month. And we, during Autism Awareness Month, post one podcast every Monday. Um, And now that Autism Awareness Month has been coming to a close, we will start launching a podcast on the first Monday of every month. So thank you for listening in and stay tuned because we still have one more podcast next week before we wait a couple weeks until the next first Monday of the month. Uh, Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and on Instagram. We are Eyes of Autism and boom. And and, 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 And have a great day.